If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the soul of excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Ditto heads. Attention, Bo Scouts. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the Soul of Excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly. Welcome to your Thursday afternoon. Bo Snurdly's Rush Hour here on WABC Talk Radio 77. If you'd like to be part of today's program, 800-848-WABC is the number to call, 800-848-9222. So much to discuss, so little time. We're going to start off today with Nate Silver. Nate Silver is the statistician and editor-in-chief of a web destination called 538. He is a Democrat, I suppose pundit, poster, and he has been long heralded by the Democrats as being one of their accurate messengers. There is a story today in the New York Post, Nate Silver, it says liberal elites pressured Pfizer to delay vaccine until after the 2020 election. Now, I know that there are those of you who would hear this and say, well, the longer the, 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 longer the vaccine was vaccinated, I mean, yes, because there are all sorts of reports about the reactions that people all over the world are having toward the vaccines, some of them fatal reactions. In fact, Mark Stein did a brilliant piece that runs about three minutes. It's on uh, Twitter, his Twitter feed today. They pulled it off of his GB News program about the number of young people in various sports arenas that are dying from unknown causes. And he looked at actuarial tables and found that the number of young people dying from unknown causes supposedly has just dramatically, it's it's not a small increase, it's it's a dramatic increase. And many people believe that those unknown causes are directly related to the vaccines. Let us put that aside for a minute and go with the idea 
that the current popularly held belief is that vaccines save lives and that they have saved many lives. That is the proper context to view this story from, whether or not there are other contrasting realities. Nate Silver claimed that liberal public health elites pressured Pfizer to delay fast-track approval of its COVID-19 vaccine until after the 2020 presidential elections, thus thus denying then-President Donald Trump a political win before voters headed to the polls. Now, one of the reasons that this is important is if this is true, And Silver says that Pfizer did change their vaccine protocols. They changed their original protocols that govern its authorization of vaccines so that the decision would be put off until after Election Day two years ago. So so Silver, Nate Silver says that the Pfizer decision had the convenient side effect of delaying any vaccine announcement until after the election. And that's a story that he says deserves more. 538 editor-in-chief said most public health officials tend to be strong Democratic partisans and that their push for Pfizer to take its time in announcing a vaccine may have been politically motivated in whole or in part. Well, what does that say, if that's true? That says what we already know, that many Democrats didn't care about COVID being a life or a death issue. It was a political issue. It was another way to get Trump. That explained and explains so much of what we see. It explains the number of people that have continue to be thrown off of social media if they don't tout the right narrative. It explains why the media went on this full-fledged campaign to discredit President, then-President Trump when he started talking about hydroxychloroquine which has been proven by some people to be effective. And I'm one of those people. I was treated with hydroxychloroquine when I had COVID, and it dramatically worked. I was also treated with ivermectin, and ivermectin made me incredibly nauseous. But it's still effective for a lot of other people. A lot of frontline doctors have been prescribing many of the things that the liberal elite tell us did not work, but they did work for individuals who are willing to come forward and tell their stories and are telling their stories. So if the entire reaction from big pharmaceutical companies like Pfizer was to go political, if the lies that the mainstream media told then and are telling now about what is effective and what's not, If the stories about what happened in nursing homes, like in New York, is now all but forgotten when thousands of people needlessly died, according to family members and according to those who have looked at, some of those who have looked at this closely, if the entire story of how COVID actually became a worldwide pandemic 
will never be honestly told. I would say that this is one of the biggest scandals in the world ever in human history. There are so many components to this. And if the Democrat Party and Democrat Party officials were complicit in making sure that Pfizer delayed and that Pfizer did, in fact, make a political uh, decision to delay releasing something that everyone thought was going to be life-saving, then they need to be held to account because that's just part of this scandal. This has the potential and probably is the biggest scandal in human history. What Democrats did to New York City, what they did to uh, Detroit, Michigan, what they did to Atlanta, what they did to many of the fine, well, not so fine, crime-ridden cities in America like San Francisco and Los Angeles, what they did by shutting people out of schools, by shutting people's businesses down, by demanding that people adhere to faulty science. All of this put together represents the biggest scandal, political scandal in human history. And I'm sorry, there's no other way to look at it. This is a huge scandal. Now, Nate Silver says that this story needs to be looked into. I agree. Dr. Fauci has been in the news. You know, Dr. Fauci said he's retiring. We've had two reactions to that. One from Ron DeSantis. You, I know you've heard this, but let's just listen to it again. And I'm just sick of seeing him. I know he says he's going to retire. Someone needs to grab that little elf and chuck him across the potomac. Of course, that one has been making the rounds all day. That has been making the rounds. Now, also today, this afternoon, our good friend Megan Kelly was discussing Dr. Fauci, and it was quick. Now, let me give you the context for this. Dr. Fauci says that if Republicans subpoena him to appear, he'll consider it. He may show up. He may not. This is what our dear friend, brilliant journalist and lawyer, Megan Kelly, had to say about that. He sounds like he's been invited to afternoon tea at one of our houses. I will consider it. I'll consider it. You know, only if it's oversight, because what I experienced was personal attacks. I will go if it's true. F*** you, Dr. Fauci. You don't get to say whether you go. You get a congressional subpoena, you show up, or you get the Steve Bannon treatment. Woo! Yes, she said that. Uh, yeah, yeah, you don't yeah. get to say. You don't get to say. F you, Dr. Fauci. And Megan Kelly, her outrage, absolutely right. We will turn to the attention of student loans. These student loans are all over the place. When we began reporting the story about Joe Biden's student loans, it was estimated that the cost might be $300 billion dollars. Now, according to some reports, it is over $500 billion. Other reports place it at $600 billion and growing. Many Americans want to know a simple question. Where's mine? If you're going to relieve people of their debt because you feel like it and willy-nilly you have the power to do that, although no one can seem to tell the American people where this power resides, It is not a constitutional power. 
that Joe Biden is exercising? Where does the president have the the constitutional right to go and pick and choose a group of Americans and say, oops, I'm going to help you out. I'm going to repay using government taxpayer money. I'm going to help you repay some of your debts. And to all other Americans, just give them the finger. Screw their debts. Where does that power reside? And by the way, this administration has been asked on more than one occasion by many reporters, including Steve Ducey of Fox News, who is paying for this? How are you paying for it? They refuse to answer. There is no answer from the Biden administration as to how they are going to pay for this. We already have people that want to discuss that on the telephones, and we will get to your calls, by the way. We will also be giving away tickets for Van Morrison. We've been doing that almost every day this week, and we will continue today and tomorrow. Tickets for Van Morrison. And by the way, Van Morrison is not the only one on the bill. Tom Jones is going to be performing, too, on that same bill. So we've got a lot to do here. Keep it right here. WABC Talk Radio 77. Remember, after this show, Cats at Night is here. We're coming back. A lot more to do on Bo Snurley's Rush Hour when we resume right after this. is The Rush Hour with Bose Nerdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. James Golden, known popularly as Bo Nerdly. This is The Rush Hour with Bose Nerdly. Rush, rush, rush. I saw the light on the night that I passed by her window. I saw the flickering shadows of love on her blind. What else did you see staring in her window? Was my woman. Did she know that? As she deceived me, I watched and went out of my mind. Hey, Tom. WABC Talk Radio 77. That's right. Tom Jones, Van Morrison tickets. Your chance to win coming up a little bit later in the program. Yeah, I'm standing by a window looking in the light. Yeah, that'll get you in trouble these days, my friend. Yeah, it's true. All right. So according to the Daily Mail, there has been all-out civil war taking place among Democrats. The Democrat Party, it's not just Republicans against this student loan giveaway. Sputterings of dissatisfaction among Democratic ranks over President Joe Biden's plan to wipe out at least $10,000 in student loans has erupted into a full-blown civil war within the party, some claiming the move is out of touch with what Americans want. Ron DeSantis, again, great quote on this cut one let's listen to this 
uh, it's very unfair, you know, to have a truck driver have to pay back a loan from somebody that got like a PhD in gender studies. That's not fair. That's not right. And so, um, and then you also just have the fact, like, if you're going to talk about debt, then you should look at, okay, who has benefited the most from all this exorbitant debt that's been taken out over the last generation? It's the universities. They have bloated administrative budgets. They have all this, although in Florida, since I've been governor, no tuition increases at our state universities. We haven't allowed that. Because all it does... All it does is they plow it in and they will, they will expand like the DEI office or something else like that. And it has no real impact on the quality of the education when they're raising the tuition. And he went on from there. You know, Ron DeSantis has this right. Now, the Daily Mail in their, their piece today says the shocking price tag of the forgiveness plan is now estimated to cost taxpayers up to $600 billion. Look, I know friends whose kids have student loans, and they're like, look, this is not going to take care of all of it, but we're grateful for what we get here, right? So I understand people that are in debt, that are struggling, that are working hard, that have money hanging over their heads, and they're saying, ah, we got a little relief. And, of course, the big picture in all of that is, of who's going to pay for this? And if you're giving relief to just students, how about relief to the people that paid their, what? The people that paid their loans back and suffered and sacrificed, they don't matter. Of course they don't, not to this administration, because this is an effort to buy the youth vote. Let's face it. This is another Santa Claus giveaway. But for the people that didn't go to college, the people that chose to work and who've sacrificed and set up their own businesses and went into debt, why aren't they worthy to have some of their debt repaid? How about those of you who have sacrificed and struggled all your lives to pay your mortgage, pay your rent on time? You don't deserve a break today? Or a Happy Meal, even? Um, you know, we could go on and on. People are drawing all sorts of analogies because all of us, unless we are filthy rich or rich or very well off comfortably, have debt. We all walk around with a load of debt. Why them and not you? Why these select group of people who made a choice? Nobody broke their arms and said, you must assume this student debt or else. This was a choice. Why them? Why not you? As it turns out, there's an article in the L.A. Times today. It begins this way. Sadia Khan, a recent graduate of UC Berkeley, was glued to her iPhone. Now, just that sentence alone. Stop and think about that sentence. Let me put it like this. Sadia Khan, a recent graduate of the very expensive UC Berkeley, was glued to her $1,000 iPhone, or maybe $800 iPhone, refreshing Twitter, and reading articles to gather emerging details of President Biden's landmark student loan debt forgiveness program when she learned that she was eligible for up to $10,000 in loan forgiveness 
enough to wipe out her entire $6,000 federal debt, the financially struggling single mother was overcome with relief. (gasps) We've been pinching pennies on everything, Con 27-year-old said. She's a legal studies major. Someone who doesn't have anybody to fall back on, this would be life-changing. All right, let's examine this. 27-year-old single mother, whose choice? Her choice. I'm sorry, I know this sounds cold to some people. Your choice to have a a child, and we are pro-child here, we're pro-life here. I can't help it the woman's single. We don't know what happened in her relationship. Why isn't the husband paying or the boyfriend or the baby daddy paying the freight? She says she has no one to hang on to. Where's baby daddy? Okay. Why is it up to you, strangers to this woman and her life and her lifestyle choices, to pay off her debts? Who is paying off your debts? Why her? Why not you? Oh, well, you shouldn't be that way. You shouldn't have this sort of angst about someone else's good fortune. Just consider it their good fortune. And, and so what if, the, if life's lottery skipped you by yet again? But even then, she says she has a bittersweet feeling. Another person, Maria Williams says, 29-year-old assistant directly, uh, director, at the University of Redland. She's going to get up to $20,000. But it's a bittersweet feeling, she says. It gives you a bit of relief, but there's still a ways to go. I still don't see the finish line. Whose fault is that? You took out the money in a loan. If you take out a car loan and you run into misfortune, do Joe Biden and the Democrats walk in and say, oops, bad choice. Let us help out. Here's a, here's a federal handout of $10,000. Go pay your car loan off so that they won't repossess your car. No, I know people that have to struggle to raise every single penny when they fall into debt to try to maintain their vehicles. You know people like this too. What about people that fall behind in their mortgage through no fault of their own? Maybe their business was closed down by a governor because of some faulty science on a COVID scandal. Who's paying their loans? I'm going to tell you what. California, by the way, has more people that are going to benefit from this. That was the point of the story in the LA Times. They have more people that are going to benefit by this than anywhere else in the country. About 4 million Californians hold an average student loan debt of $37,783, according to the Federal Reserve Bank. 4 million in California alone. Sure, let's hand out $10,000 to everybody. Of them. As for your debt, Mr. and Mrs. America, screw you. You pay your debt. You're not some little liberal college student being indoctrinated by these overpriced professors that are not teaching people anything but their woke ideology these days. So, yeah, let's pay off their woke ideology bills. Stupid wokeness. While the rest of you have to pay off the money that you borrowed elsewhere. This is going to cause 
a lot of upset. And it's not just Republicans this time. There are a lot of Democrats who think this is a bridge too far. Bo Sternley's Rush Hour coming back right after this. Hour is on the air. Attention, Ditto Heads. Attention, Bo Scouts. Rush on the Red Apple Podcast Network. You know that voice is Smokey Robinson. Like, is that Smokey? Yes, that's Smokey. WABC Talk Radio 77. We have a lot of people who want to weigh in on this. I don't want to hold you up. We've talked about vaccines. We've talked about everything. Of course, I just lost the screener. Um, We've talked about everything. So we're going to be going to your uh, phone calls very, very soon. Okay, I've just been given permission. During the break, I have been chatting with David Limbaugh, ladies and gentlemen, my good friend, David Limbaugh. David Limbaugh and his daughter have written a new book. It is called The Resurrected Jesus. And what it does, it examines the Apostle Paul's prison writings. That book comes out on September, I think September 6th, he said. Yes. So we're going to have David Limbaugh on. Now, those of you who listen to Rush Limbaugh know that David has been writing about Jesus, about Christianity, and he's just an unabashed Christian, and so he, we don't usually do this on the show, but, but you know, we're going to do it anyway. David Limbaugh will be on. We're going to work out a date after the book comes out, and we'll have David. For those of you that have missed David's voice, how wonderful. We'll have David on the show, David Limbaugh. So that's great news. All right, let's go to the telephones. Let's start in Long Island. With Danny. Danny, how are you this afternoon? You're on Boston Early's Rush Hour. Oh, where do I even start, pal? You nailed in the opening with this topic with the uh, tuition, uh, you know, letting everybody go. Because it helps the teachers, these people, these these bureaucrats. My youngest son tomorrow morning at 6 o'clock in the morning, and we'll be going over the George Washington Bridge, driving him to college. My youngest of four. And I'm the guy who saved money, didn't take the vacations, had a reasonable, made him go to reasonable colleges, uh, they all ha- so I have three kids already graduated. So they all graduated with about eighteen thousand dollars each in debt. I probably paid two hundred thousand dollars cash along the way, and they all paid off their debts. So I had four 
disgruntled 20-somethings at my barbecue yesterday as we say goodbye to my youngest son just laughing. Like, what the hell are we? we, we my, my son was a cop, overtime shifts, anything to do, paid off the debt, feels like a complete idiot. And this is, this is, this is how people become conservative thinking because the normal person, it's not fair. And now, even if you like the fact that they're going to pay it off, now there's an income test. So the nurse who works double shifts and all the overtime who makes 150, she doesn't qualify. But the person who works per diem that maybe isn't as quite a hard worker who makes 100, they qualify. So that's a little bit of your sanity. And to just to leave you go. one more thought. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, President Biden added $4 billion more dollars onto the burning trash pile that is Ukraine. It's up to $15 billion in six months. That is enough to give each of the 500,000 entering freshman college students this year $30,000 each to pay for college. Can you imagine that? We have wasted enough money in six months with no end in sight. We could have sent each and every 18-year-old kid to college this year free. Or take that 30000 buy yourself a, a tractor trailer if you want to be a long-haul guy or a plumber or anything else you want. We are pissing money away, and this country is going to suffer for years to come. Look at this. We just, they, Democrats just single-handedly signed another 780-some-odd billion-dollar pork bill. It is a bill full of slush funds for their so-called green new energy agenda the Green New Deal. It is a slush fund for unions. It is a slush fund for teachers. There's so much of that money that is unaccounted for that will go to help Democrat organized groups, right? On top of that, with the help of 13 Republicans earlier this year, they signed another $200 billion over for an infrastructure bill that didn't have any infrastructure in it, very little infrastructure in it. Okay, this administration is spending money to buy votes and to strengthen up the Democrat Party. And they are doing so, and this is just the students are just another part of the coalition the Democrats think they need to win the midterm elections. That's what partially this is about. And satisfying the demands of their radical left extremists, the progressives in the party. That's what this is about. And they don't care how much of your money they spend. Fairness has nothing to do with it. Fiscal sanity has nothing to do with it because it is fiscally insane. So, Danny, you are absolutely right. Do appreciate your call very much. Manitowan, New Jersey. Mark, thank you for waiting. You're on WABC Talk Radio 77, Bo Snerdy's Rush Hour. How are you, Mark? Hey, Bo, good. Listen, I I hope I could uh, get this my point through because sometimes I, I don't always get my point through. So going back to your, your first point there about uh, with the COVID vaccine, about how they put it off, and everything you said this hour and uh, this half hour plus what the gentleman before explained, obviously we all understand that's true. The thing that we have the problem with is that we're constantly getting surprised by everything the left does. Every time they come out with something, we go, oh, boy, look how bad it is. You got to understand that these people are ruthless. They will do anything for power. So, yes, what you're saying is true, and everything that they do is corrupt and everything, but all we do is react to and go, oh, look what they're doing now. The thing is, is that they are very loyal to their own people. Yeah, he gave them $10,000 a piece to buy votes. You're 100% correct. But that's what they're doing, and they're ruthless. This is what they do. We just constantly, our, our team, just constantly sits on the sidelines and go, 
Uh, oh, look what they did. How terrible. <laughs> Meanwhile. No, no, no. Let me stop you there. That is not all we do. Okay, when Donald Trump was in office, one of the things that people, and this is what surprised the left, and this is one of the reasons they hated him so much, is because his message resonated with you, whether you supported Trump or not. His message resonated with many Americans when he said, we're going to finally shut down this porous border and bring some sanity to it. That resonated with the American people. And despite Paul Ryan and the Republican rhinos trying to stab him in the back politically, he set about to do it. He said, we're going to have justices on the Supreme Court that honor our Constitution. He set, up, he set out to do it. He did it. He said, we're going to take on China. He, we did it. And that may be, by the way, I have a suspicion, my own theory, one of the reasons we had covid is because Donald Trump was so successful in taking on China. So we did have a president and a Republican administration that was proactive, that didn't just sit down and take it. We had that, and that is what upset the left so much. We had a president that said we are going to lower corporate taxes so that we can bring money back into the United States and bring back jobs into the United States. Remember what the previous resident before Trump said, well, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Is he going to wave a magic wand and bring back jobs? I don't know how he's going to do it. What are you going to do? Wave a magic wand? Well, he didn't wave a magic wand. He lowered taxes on American business and the jobs came pouring back in this country. This was a president who took us from energy dependence to selling energy because he got rid of the regulation standing in the way of it. So, no, we are not just people that sit around and just defensively do everything. When we have the right leadership in place, we are totally capable and ready to lead, despite the rhino establishment, despite the swamp. It is a battle, but we are capable of leading. We are capable. Look at what Ron DeSantis is doing in Florida, what Christy Noem is doing in South Dakota. Look at what Doug Youngkin is doing in Virginia. They are leading. They are taking it to liberals and taking it to progressives. We are going to bring back schools absent of this uh, racism that they're injecting into the population through critical race theories. We're going to take back schools from this grooming and sexualizing of children and young children. And look at what they have to go through. Look at the attacks that the left delivers on these people on a daily basis. We do have people in this party that are willing, in the conservative movement, that are willing to lead. It is a fight. This is why we have to stay engaged. This is why we have to get out. We cannot let Mitch McConnell decide that we don't have the right candidates. We have to raise money and get out here and support our Senate so we can take back the Senate as well as taking back the House. We have to make the case for the American people that what is happening to this country, this rampant crime that they see in every single city, this profligate spending that never seems to end, we have to make the case that this can be defeated and that we have the people to defeat these ideological positions that are hurting this country. And we can do that. We are in a battle. And we have to fight these people politically to make sure that they are defeated. That is what we have to do. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley, coming back after this. 
We fight like hell. And if you don't fight like hell, you're not going to have a country anymore. This is The Rush Hour with Bo Snerdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Stevie Wonder brings us back from the Fulfilling This First Finale album. Smile, please. Listen, you're going to smile if you win some tickets. So, for all the Van Morrison fans out there, right now is your time. We're going to give away two tickets right now for the September 10th concert at Forest Hill Stadium. If you're the seventh caller at 1-800-848-WABC, you'll win a pair of tickets. Van Morrison live at Forest Hill Stadium with special guest Tom Jones. Saturday, September 10th. If you're the seventh caller now, 800-848-9222. You'll get a pair of tickets. And for those of you who don't win tickets but you still want to go out and hang out, Van Morrison, Tom Jones at Forest Hills, here's how you get your tickets. Just visit AXX. That's A-X-S. A-X, like an X, S. A-X-S dot com. And you can buy tickets for the event. I mentioned earlier we're working to get David Limbaugh on the show. And we'll announce that soon when he's coming on. David has a new book with his daughter. Can't wait to read it. Uh, There is other news. There's a story that I want to do before we leave here. I did a story about this ages ago. Now, you know I have no problem talking about the culture when it comes to this antagonistic relationship between African-American communities and police officers, right? And I have no problem calling out what I see as the horrid cultural trajectory of some of those communities, this glorification of violence, this glorification of hate, anti-cop hate, et cetera, et cetera, this rejection of authority. We talk about all of that here. Because police officers, after all, are charged with keeping our neighborhoods safe. But I also have no call, no problem calling out the other side. And I've said before that rogue cops need, cops need to be dealt with. We've talked about on this show what has happened in Torrance, California. In Torrance, California, this is today's L.A. Times. The day after Torrance police shot Christopher DeAndre Mitchell... In 2018, his mother and a dozen of his loved ones staged a protest outside of the police department headquarters. While they were protesting, a group of police officers, including the two officers who had killed Mr. Mitchell, were discussing the situation via text message. This is what that text said, and I am not going to abridge it was going to tell you all those nigger families members are all pissed off in front of the station, wrote one. Another, a gun cleaning party at my house when they release my name? Yeah, absolutely. Let's all just post in your yard with lawn chairs and a firing squad, said another. Eight months ago, Los Angeles Times investigation revealed portions of racist 
homophobic text messages exchanged by at least a dozen Torrance police officers, a scandal that sparked an investigation by the California Attorney General's office. Let me give you the long and short of the story today. Most of these cops are still on the force out there. Nothing has been done. It's not just these messages throwing around the nigger word, throwing around uh, a horrible words after you kill somebody's family. It is other. It is so much more than that. I could go through the story. It's a long story. Racist, homophobic, anti-Semitic messages by by dozens of these police officers, and yet they still work on the same police force. Nothing has been done. Nothing has been done. Now, for those of you, and I know that there are people in this audience, when when Black Lives Matter comes out every time some white cop gets involved with the shooting of a black guy, you automatically say, oh, come on, those people again. If they just obeyed the law, nothing would happen to them. Well, it's not all cut and dry like that. This is why it's important to examine each case for each case's merit in this country. I never deny what is happening inside the cultures of our communities, but we cannot deny what is happening in the culture of some police departments, some police departments, where this sort of vicious, and it's not just blacks, by the way, More than a year later, one of these cops involved in the texting scandal referred to a black child as a nigglet. This is the kind of language they use. They also, by the way, it's not just toward black people. They also do the same thing with Hispanic people. Disparaging. And they are still cops. They are still representing the so-called law enforcement. This is, to me, just like those cretins that work at the FBI, who are still there, despite the fact that they tried to commit a coup against President Trump. You cannot turn your eye to just one side of the story if you are going to be fair. And if you want justice and you want this country to return to a state of normalcy, where the law is respected, that means that the law enforcement has to be respected. And law enforcement will never be respected as long as you have these sorts of cretins, these sort of low-life scum wearing a badge. Let's go to the telephones. Vinny in the Bronx, you're on WABC Talk Radio 77. Oh, how you doing, Mr. Snurley? Great pleasure. I, I admire you so much. My point Thank I want you. to bring up is that in New York State, every college student has access to free 100% education. Cuomo started the uh, Excelsior Grant, I think it's called. So anybody who lives in New York State has no excuse about, oh, I needed to borrow money because I wanted to go to college. Every person in New York State has the ability, free, 100% free, to go to college. And if they decided to go to a private college or out of state, that was their choice. And I don't see how they should be reimbursed for anything. Vinny, thank you. You make so much sense. There are going to be so many questions about this. By the way, you Republicans who keep worrying about, oh, the Roe v. Wade is decision is going to cost us the midterms, you better get out and start messaging about this. You better get out instead of being on the defensive and go on offense. Go on offense about the sexualization that's happening to your children in public schools. 
go on offense on this profligate spending, the inflation, and what they did to you and your country during COVID. We've got plenty to work with here, folks. Let's go to Queens. BJ, you're on WABC Talk Radio 77. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley's. Bo Snurley's Rush Hour. What's up? Red wave in November. This is an impeachable offense, this cash grab vote gathering business with our tax dollars. It's unconstitutional. Where are SOS, SOS, Ted Cruz, SOS, Marco Rubio? Where are the big bats? Where are the big bats that are going to rescue us from this? No one's making any noise. Just you and me, Bo. Well, I agree with you, red wave. And we need to be on it just like you're on it. You know how to message. Exactly right. Let's go to Rich in New Jersey. How are you, Rich? Good, Bo. How are you? Good, thank you. I wanted to thank you about that interview with George Benson. That was excellent, man. Thank you so much. You know what? Um, Speaking of that interview, the legendary producer who gave George Benson... Um, one of his biggest starts in the recording industry, Creed Taylor. We, and I talked about CTI with George Benson that day. CTI has passed away, uh, Creed Taylor, at age 93. So many of our most incredible American music treasures, Herbie Hancock, Wes Montgomery, Stanley Tarantino, Hubert Laws, Ayeto Morero, George Benson, so many came through CTI and Bob James, and then some of the sidemen, like Billy Cobham, that were on these records. This guy was an American treasure. We'll have more about him on Saturday when we have time. But oh. he passed away. What a twat. And thank you so much for those words. I do appreciate it. As always, the hour just goes by so quickly, my friend. Sorry we couldn't get to everyone on the phones. We will continue tomorrow. If you are one of these people who this student loan bill is going to help Do not feel that you are the enemy of the state. Don't feel that you are mooching off the government. You don't have to take yourself through those changes. What we are talking about is a philosophical divide that this discussion needs to happen. Do not take that personally. May God bless and protect each and every single one of you and your families. We'll be back tomorrow. Boston Early's Rush Hour, John Katz. Katz and Night up next. See you then. Bye.